0: I
1: and <laughs> 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 <Yay>! <laughs> <clears throat> Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Clax Women for Indie podcast. No big events this week, we actually had a weekend off, but we have been very very busy since then. And this week's episode is just a roundup of things we've been up to and things that are happening uh, over the next couple of weeks. We do note that the BBC has taken to calling the independence movement rebels. Actually, I quite like the idea of being a rebel. So this week's episode is dedicated to the Rebel Alliance. Now, I don't want to spend the next 10 years in jail, so I'm not going to use any clips from Star Wars, but I have found some copyright-free music on YouTube by Mr Snooze enjoy. We have been on a secret mission this afternoon which you'll find out all about in due course. Hopefully it'll be released
2: the same day as this podcast but can I just say we've had great fun this afternoon.
1: It seems almost inevitable that there will be a general election soon, whether that's a matter of weeks or months. One of the ways that Women for Indie Clacks feel we can help is by encouraging people to register to vote. Because if you're not registered, then you don't have a voice, whoever you would want to vote for. So we've been trying to think of ways that we can encourage people to do that and get the information out there. So here's some of our thoughts.
2: Voters registration is absolutely essential because a lot of people think that because they get the form in
1: and there's no changes to be made, they don't need to reply to it. It's essential that they do reply. Jenny and I here targeted quite a few folk in Stirling and got a great response. We got so many people who didn't realise they had to send that form back and they took leaflets so that they could share them with their friends. It was a very well-welcomed thing. It's also good that now we're going to try and do that in Alloa and Clipmaninshire.
2: Mm-hmm. We were hoping to go out in just little mini-groups, and we were going to first up pitch at the station, around about sort of coming home time, commute time, so that we could put these into people's hands and maybe have a little conversation, and if people were willing to have a, a little chat, on the mic that would be great for the podcast that we do for women for independence as well it's really really important that we all register to vote because 15 percent of people didn't vote in indiref one and and so many people afterwards said to me oh i didn't vote i didn't vote i would have voted yes but i I, I didn't vote We, we can't change our country if we didn't vote so you must register
1: we're at the Beaumar Cafe at the moment, at the Beaumar Centre, and we've had a fabulous breakfast for a pound. We got a <laughs> roll and sausage and a cup of coffee for a pound. Yummy. So very, very delicious, served by volunteers. And it's such a nice space. It's right in the heart of the community. So we're going to make this a regular Friday coffee mm-hmm. meetup. So any women in Manicherry who fancy coming along and just having a chat, meeting other women, if you've got Questions, or you want to discuss anything? We're a very friendly bunch, you're very welcome. Come and join us at half past ten at the Beaumont on Fridays. It's a beautiful October afternoon, and Marion and I are just approaching the station. <laughs> Where we're going to be out of our comfort zone a little. We're going to be trying to persuade people getting off the train that they should also register to vote. Okay, Have you done anything like this before, Marion? Uh, not
2: for voter registration, but um, other things at this station. Um, been here for other reasons, but. Most people are not against sort of taking a leaflet, which is what we've got. One single leaflet is not going to be mm. too overburdensome for people. And it's something really vitally important. I mean, if you're not registered to vote, there's so much happening electorally just now, um, you're not going to get your voice heard. So um, it's an easy thing to do online, or we've got forms here as well for people if, it, if they're not yeah. online. And what were the numbers you were thinking that aren't registered yeah. in Scotland? Well, I read somewhere in, I think it was the National, The the Electoral Reform Society says there are about 190,000 Scots who are not registered or not accurately registered um, to vote. And that, to me, that strikes me easy huge number uh-huh. of people who are not going to be able to yeah. take part in our democracy. Yeah. And there's so many things to be busy mm-hmm. in the democracy over. Well that could be know? the
1: difference between a couple of percent on Creaky, our average. yeah. That yeah. sounds like the, judge, sounds the train, really train coming train. in now. Yeah. So let's get ourselves handfuls okay. of well, leaflets.
2: And people will come out of different places. So yeah. if one of us goes over here... Are you going to stay uh, with me? I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> no.
1: on. I'm a little <laughs> scared. So, <laughs> there we
2: Join the club. <laughs> We're doing this for our kids and our families, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, That's you registered to vote?
0: Uh, yes, I, I think so,
2: yeah. Can right, right. we right. form a
0: few? I'll give you one. Uh, no, no, I think, I'm, I'm just back from Australia. To All right, you right.
2: maybe just make, double check. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, I've uh-huh. got a note of you. Haranguing <laughs> 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 people. I know, just back from Australia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm not keen on haranguing people. You registered to, you vote. Register to vote. I you registered
2: to vote, rather. No, I think I have. You think uh, you are? Aye. Uh, you want no. a wee reminder? You no. you get back to this? Just <laughs> double way. check. No. Uh, wait, this is not part of political. This is just making sure anybody who wants to vote in the next election gets to vote. I've yeah. my phones in. Do you renew it every year? Uh, That's fine. That's all we need to know. In that case, you have it.
1: If you're not sure whether you're on the electoral roll or not, so you're registered to vote, if you're in Clapman and Shire, you can go on to Clacksweb and just put in registering to vote in the search box and it'll come up with a page which tells you um, how you can check whether you're on the electoral roll and you can register. There's a link to register to vote online or there's a postal address which is the electoral registration office, Hillside House, Laurel Hill, Sterling and there's a phone number 01786 892 There's also links on that page that tell you about voting by post or getting a proxy vote. And that's for people who either aren't around at the time that the election or who would have difficulty getting to the polling station. So, so if you're in any doubt at all, check whether you're on the, the electoral roll and if you're not, get on it before the election. Have your voice heard. If you're not in Clackman and Shara, I'm sure your own councils will have um, equivalents on their websites. Um, the other one to use is mygov.scot, which again gives you all the information on um, how to register to vote, what documents you might need, um, how to do it by post and what happens then. Mygov.scot is actually really well laid out and it's got a lot of information on it on who can register to vote, what age you need to be for what election and what have you. But whatever you do, register to vote and make sure you do vote. I'm of an age when it was drilled into me by my grandmother. Women died so that I could have a vote. And it's, it's your civic duty to do it, I believe. So there you go, Grandma. Still applying your advice. One of the wonderful things about the Yes Movement is how many fascinating people you meet along the way. And two people that we met this week who I definitely think had a great story to tell are professional photographers David and Sandy who together you'll probably know them from Twitter at Yes Scotland but it's at Why Yes Scotland and they've produced a whole series of beautiful black and white photos just of people in the Yes movement, activists, ordinary people people you'll recognize people you won't i think looking at the work they've done it's just building up to be a fantastic portfolio that documents the the movement and the the people who've been active in it have a look at their twitter page and you'll find out all about it we started off having a chat a chat with sandy about how you just do what you can do and in our case it was podcasting and and in their case it was doing what they do best they are professional photographers so here's how that conversation went this will be our seventh episode, oh, and we're starting to get some good feedback about Thank it actually, you. which is really good. And it's did got you apply
3: for
1: funding for it the podcast? Then? No, we no. just do it. We just do it yeah, for free. Yeah, it and, what and what we it. wanted to do was. Indie Live Radio wanted more content, uh-huh. so we yeah. went, oh, we could do some. We a yeah, podcast. Oh yes. So yeah. we just started it off, and then you just get ideas as you go along, That's and it's amazing how, amazing how many interests interest we it are. So yeah, it's and sure. it's amazing the number of interesting people that you meet like this, it you know, is. you're doing something Absolutely. interesting. When we, when we
3: started this, we had no idea how many interesting people would meet, and it's been fascinating. From professors
1: yes. to um, a,
3: a guy who came in with his daughter, she wanted, she's a young um, activist, and he kind of just kind of accompanied her. And I was like, would you like photographs as well? And he's like, oh yeah, okay. So we got chatting, and he's been involved in buying and selling aeroplanes and leasing. He was, he was involved with something to do with Prestwick, and he told me all sorts of things about how the British establishment had tried to suppress the use of Prestwick because it's too much of a threat to get through. Yeah. You know, when you hear about that, it's like, oh, you know, all Tenable, these things mm-hmm. going on behind your backs that mm-hmm. we never knew about. Kind of thing. Yeah. But it, it's amazing. Professor Donna Heddle, who's, um, she lives up in the islands, and, and uh, she'd come in, and she's a tiny little bundle of energy, and she knows all about history, and just, oh, so many different things, and that's and she's for you. talking all people, the time, you know? and she's like, "Oh, you have to tell me to shut up, and we're like, no, we could listen <laughs> day long, it was absolutely brilliant.
1: So it's actually called Portraits of a Nation. Is
3: yeah, that why? Well, yeah. Yes. Y-S, double Y-S, I've yes. Why? Yes. Um, it was hard to say and spell it. Out, but um, David come up with that. He's like, well, why yes? Why yes? But then some people don't get how it's pronounced. That's fine. And I. Mm-hmm. So, so then I said, well, why don't we, you know, add something to it to explain more what it is? So I come up with the Portraits of a Nation,
1: <laughs> <laughs> which is really good though because that's what you're taking is just. People yeah, involved, absolutely. normal, ordinary absolutely. people, and I think yeah. that's quite a good thing to get across. Exactly. You know, we're just ordinary people who have absolutely. a perspective absolutely. that we want an independent country. Definitely, I mean that, yeah.
3: that was a big, that was a big part of really, really why we started it up.
1: And speaking of interesting people that we meet along the way, the last episode of our podcast, the Edinburgh March Special, I was talking about the banner that we'd seen, which was the Celtic and Rangers Together for Independence banner and how much of an impact that had. And it really, I think anybody who saw it, the response to it was amazing. Well, it, it just so happens that one of the guys who was holding that banner happens to be from Clackmannanshire. So, I tell you, Clapman and the beating heart of Scotland. I'm here with Norman, who was actually one of the guys who was holding up the Celtic and Rangers together banner, which just was the banner of the march, I think. You got so much attention.
0: Celtic fans and Rangers fans united for independence, that, that was the banner. I'm um, certainly another chap's idea, Paul Paul Newton, um, he, he's from Edinburgh, um, right. an SNP member as well. Um, and uh, we, we talked about it at a couple of independence meetings and then just, just about two weeks before the actual match we decided to go for it so yeah. not, not a lot of time to get organised but uh, yeah, we, we got it done so. <laughs> And were
1: you aware of how many people were sort of reacting positively as you walked walking on you, People were spontaneously applauding as you walked past I, I think
0: just about everybody um, in terms of independence supporters 99% positive comments we've had obviously the other side <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not, not so positive So
1: I've seen a yeah. bit of Twitter nastiness but
0: yeah, well, in the minority I think <laughs> yeah. but, uh, yeah. one, or two, one or two independent supporters question why, why is football involved with independence well like a lump at Scotland so that, that, is, uh, that is the way it is so. yeah.
1: yep. and anything that helps stamp out that sectarian thing has it, got it, to be welcome it's surely. very
0: much about countering the, the sectarian narrative yeah. um, there's obviously some stirring of sectarianism going on um, yeah. who exactly is responsible we don't know but uh, of course the vast majority of people um, both, both Celtic and Rangers fans I mean, it, it's not important to them they go along, they might be shouting abuse at each other on a Saturday if, if they're playing each other, but the rest of the time they are friends. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. so were you scared walking along with the banner? Were you
0: wondering? Eh, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no These sure I, I, th- I think I received more death threats in that one minute that I walked walk past the unionists than I've probably received in <laughs> the rest of my life, but I, I don't take them seriously, sir. So, uh, right, yeah, I mean, well. they, they, they can assume that they're going to be murdering me, but you know, so what? So. <laughs>
1: we'll be standing in front of you yeah. to make sure that they don't. I, <laughs> I thought it was a brilliant um, banner, so well done. Well yeah. done. Cheers. Thank, thank you. you. Cheers. Of fellow rebels here are three snippets of i think interesting information that, that we have gathered along the way this week the first is a new website on the scottish reserve bank and this is a really interesting site it's beautifully laid out and it's got sections on the economic assessment of an independent scotland the true position of scotland's economy what tests there should be for the currency There's a video from Dr Tim Rideout. There's information about what the Reserve Bank will be and also a sample timetable for the introduction of the new Scottish currency. Now, I got very excited when I saw this because it appeared to suggest that the date of the referendum would be Thursday the 10th of September 2020. Now, I have since calmed down and realised that they were just using that timeline as an example of how long it would take to get a currency moving and what the steps would be. But, having said that, if you were going to have a referendum in September 2020, Thursday the 10th might not be a bad date for it. So let's just wait and see. Although websites to do with banks tend not to be that interesting, I think this is one that you will find interesting. So please go and have a look. Reservebank.scott. Now, if you like your rebellion a little more radical, there is an event just for you on the 26th of October at the Radisson Blu in Glasgow. It's the Radical Independence Convention 2019. And as the crisis of the British state continues to grow, this conference is an opportunity to discuss and debate the challenges and opportunities that lie ahead for the independence movement. There are some amazing speakers actually listed on that. Provisional speakers list includes Clara Ponsati. Now, hearing what she's got to say right now with the dreadful events that we're seeing in, in uh, Catalonia would be very interesting. Um, Terry Cali, the wonderful Leslie Riddick, Robin McAlpine, Amar Anwar, Cat Boyd, Chris Stevens, MP Ross Greer, George Caravan, Jonathan shafi and many more. So if you're interested in your, in your independence a little more radical, perhaps this is one for you. Tickets available from Eventbrite, and I think it's RIC 2019 would be the thing to search for. The third snippet to share with you comes from what I think is a brilliant podcast from the Irish Times. It's called Inside Politics. It's very interesting to get their take on what's happening in the UK because they're they're watching from the sidelines, but obviously with a huge interest in, in what happens. episode a couple of days ago was about Brexit, what isn't these days, and it's called The Backstop for Slow Learners. And essentially, the podcast is describing how the backstop that's now being discussed is exactly the same one that was discussed 3 years ago it's just taken some of the people in the cabinet 3 years to get to grips with the fact that that this is the situation and i would highly recommend that you you listen to the entire podcast but the bit i'm going to play just a little clip from the end just right at the end there was almost a throwaway mention of the situation in Scotland and i think it's fascinating to see just how convinced the rest of the world is that independence is inevitable soon? So enjoy this clip. I think it's quite insightful. Uh, just just well, maybe last, well, the, last the last thing. thing is,
4: is, is, the, is the Scots. What did the Scots? Well, do? I was going to ask you this because I, I know you believe that this is going to have profound impacts for the the future of the United Kingdom as currently constituted. And the other thing it's done is it has revealed, you know, deep cracks. One might say faults in the constitutional order in the United Kingdom in terms of the inability of the system to deal with with, with the challenge. So. It strikes me you're not convinced by Paths Pat's. Happy no, I, I think that I think it's the beginning of the end for the UK. I think we're we're witnessing it. Sometimes you know you, you ask people who lived through the Yugoslav no, 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 wars it is, or the it is merely the
0: end <laughs> of
4: <or> the beginning. <laughs> but you do you know you ask people who lived through these convulsive periods and they say oh, we didn't really realise what was going on. I, I think if we stand back, what we're witnessing is the is, is the end of the United Kingdom as a project, and uh, that project started you know four or five hundred years ago here in this country. And it's always been about how do you project English nationalism out from England and how do you disguise that project under a flag of convenience called Britain, which uh, absorbs in your near neighbours into a, a joint project. And that lasted for 400 years and it peaked about 150 years ago and had a little wobble with us in 1916 and then I got a shot in the arm at the Second World War and got another shot in the arm at Mrs Thatcher. But it's it's a project on the decline. It has been on the decline for 100 years. And this is, I think, the beginning of the end and the end will be that Scotland will go independent in the course of the next decade and that leads us back to the beginning of our conversation is what do we do with the legacy of the British Empire in Ireland, which is the Unionist community. And that is a question we'll get to in for another day.
1: So having heard the considered opinions of the journalists at the Irish Times. Now, here's Marion and myself sitting in a car putting the world to rights. You've been out canvassing in the last couple of days, Marion. What kind of response are you getting?
2: I think one of the things coming through was people feel that Brexit has taken the, the, the urgency out of every other issue. People can't make appointments without having to go through a whole rigmarole. Fifteen times one woman said she had to phone her surgery to get an appointment. Now we're doing really well yet yeah, in Scotland. Um, comparative to down south for example.
1: I've certainly heard that down south. My mother's down south and she said no end of trouble. You have to wait two, three
2: weeks to get to see your GP. Mm-hmm. Unless you're in an ambulance. There a, there's a shortage of GPs yeah. in this country and we know the Home Office yeah. are still managing to completely mess up visa us for, for doctors, GPs there's one yeah. in the, the, the press at the moment somebody who wants to come to this country but can get in and he's a GP so there is a shortage everywhere across the UK and in Scotland it's no different for for practitioners so there's that that's come, come through in conversation they are really worried about the climate but are seeing, seeing that is as, as, as very sort of front and centre now Brexit is, is um, finished with us, God knows what kind of apathy there will be um, within the populace. Um, well, when's it ever going to be
1: finished? Because even, even you know, if now. they get a deal, they've got another 5, 10, 15, 20 years worth of Correct. trade deals to try and get back to nearly where we were. Mm-hmm.
2: So there is no good outcome when it comes to Brexit. And mm. I think the feeling in Scotland, certainly we're listening to um, Stephen Bartley being interviewed by the Select Committee. And uh, this, this could go on a, a lot longer. And nobody can predict yeah. just what kind of state the economy is going to be in when we're even part way through this.
1: He was deeply unconvincing, I have to say. He did. He sounded totally out of his depth. Did you get the sense that they were shifting their views on independence, or just yeah, in a funk? I think
2: um, there were a couple of people who said they had been Labour voters before. They had recalibrated their thoughts yeah. in the light of Brexit on who would they vote for next. And a couple of people had said that they were moving to the SNP. They were open-minded. Anything that would give them the opportunity to to vote away from um, the the Labour and Conservative uh, Mm. roots with Brexit were ones that they were open-minded to to consider.
1: Yeah, oh, that's good. We live in a part of Clackmallinshire that's had a very high no vote, and Keith Brown at the SNP conference was talking about how he was getting the sense that People in in our two um, villages were changing and more open to independence mm-hmm. as a result of Brexit. Yeah. Did you get any evidence of that?
2: Not particularly that. I'm just thinking of back to a couple of conversations, and it was, it's it's the the everyday things again that people are citing. Um, cling, yeah. the recycling in, in Clark Clackmannanshire. Um, we've we've had to drop one of our okay. valuable services, which yeah. was the the glass, um, and people are having to pay um, if they want any more um, brown bins, for example. So, people feeling that we're going backwards, yeah.
1: um,
2: services are not improving. This is not a progressive set of services are getting delivered. Yeah. We know that the years of austerity have been particularly cruel to local authorities in scotland and And is any wonder
1: that our services are being Mm. shredded and clack manager i think is in a particularly difficult situation because they got in such a financial hole Mm -hmm. with previous administrations and in a way it's ironic that the current administration is the one that's having to take the hard decisions that Mm -hmm. the others you know ducked out of and now they're the ones who are getting the blame Um, and actually they had to do something to get control of the cost but They've gone from being award-winning the highest performing area in terms of Recycling. recycling And why would you choose that to be where you make your cuts but
2: exactly it's either that or it's things like children's services they really, yeah. really where are you personal? doing more than
1: you have to but that's right you know trying to do the bare minimum mm. in all things is not very aspirational
2: mm. yeah, I think with the glass, people in waste would say, well, people do have the the backup of going to glass banks yeah to to put their glass in there
1: um, I mean I must say i yeah. I actually don't have a problem personally with it because what i've found is it stops me gathering huge amounts because what i do as soon as i've got enough to get it on my bike in the basket (laughs) i get on the bike and i cycle along to the recycler so it's actually helping me get fitter but you know i'm able to do that and a lot of people aren't but the one that i would that i really do miss from the blue box is that recycling of electrical stuff because there's nothing locally it, it's going to go in the green bin if yeah. I've got and something to throw out. Too. Clothing, then batteries,
2: clothing, all these little things that add yeah. up. So yeah. I think people are seeing um, the services uh, going backwards yeah. in Black Manager and it's it's a real shame. There's um, the, the loss of civic pride. And we used. To and the thing
1: that the point that you made there is absolutely right. That it's the it's the actual impact on people's own lives that forms their opinions. Often, so it's it's. You know, what does it mean for me? Well, if it means for me that I've got, it's harder to get a GP's appointment and I've got a big pile of recycling that I don't know what to do with. And who's caused those? Oh, who's in government? Who's running the council? And you actually end up, you know, I think particularly the SNP, they're really going to have to tell the story in a way that people understand that this is Westminster austerity driving this. Because I actually do think, my my dealings with CLAC's council um, over the last couple of years when I've been involved in the voluntary side of things, They've been really very impressive and very agile for you know, a council, and actually the fact they're a small council, small is beautiful when it comes to being Mm -hmm. responsive and accessible. Mm -hmm. So they do have a lot of good points.
2: When you think of how many really professional, qualified and competent people that have had to be, uh, got rid of, redundancy or otherwise, they're left holding this baby that they can't possibly manage.
1: With half as many staff to do anything about it, yeah. Yeah.
2: And getting blamed for it as well. It's Uh not a good time to be... In the council. Authority. A couple of women have said to us that they feel that they're particularly left holding a lot of responsibility for lack of services. There was one woman said, well, I really would appreciate a much better public transport system. I need my car, but I can't really afford to run my car. Um, That's the same for lots of women, and we're talking about doctor's appointments, for caring for for elderly parents and children. The Recycling, if you're having to take your glass to a, a recycling bank, these are things that the carer in the, the household often has to do and yeah. very often it's women who bear the brunt of, mm. of these service cuts.
1: And it's, if there's one thing harder than juggling three kids and a load of recycling in a car, it's getting them on a bus. It's it impossible. is awful. We've it been there, impossible. we've been there. Yeah. Yeah. But actually the, the transport... Problems that we have being part of a rural part of the, the council. You just look at places like Norway and Sweden oh, and the Faroes, <laughs> and all these people who crazy managed to have about
2: how, how we're going. Yeah. Just so...
1: When I was in Oslo last year, smart ticketing—you can get on anything: a bus, a train, a boat, a tram. You can get into all the museums. You can get into just one ticket—that's mm-hmm. all you need. Whereas here, is it a Mackie's coach or is it a stagecoach? Yeah. Because I'm going to need two different ready? tickets. I- It's ridiculous and you know the idea that actually if you had my personal vision free green public transport and not try and make a profit in rural areas but realize that actually it's a lifeline that should be considered a public service not a a profit-making opportunity Mm -hmm. then you might start to get people leaving their cars at home because transport's a better option. When well, you
2: think of the job opportunities that would that would release in, immediately, um, you would be able to employ more people on the buses, yeah. on the trains, on the trams.
1: And think of the health benefits, so that would, people are not getting asthma from pollution and we've not got cars beating up the road all the time.
2: It can be done, the thing yeah. is, it's not rocket science. We, we see the great examples from Scandinavia and there was yeah. an article in the paper that we shared about about public transport in Sweden people in public life even the well, most senior people in public life don't have limousines they don't have private cars mm. they travel by public transport their offices are smaller yeah. than than we can we can probably imagine it's not about ostentatious living it's about what can the planet it's almost like the planet's plugged into every decision they seem to make
1: I read a thing today the the ferret had said something about Leslie you can't remember Leslie Evans is at the head of the Scottish Civil Service how she'd been flying to London on a weekly basis and they were coming at it from the what's she doing in London on a weekly basis as in what's she discussing Mm -hmm. and I was thinking why isn't she using video conferencing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you know there's a huge behavioural change that it's ridiculous we're not making it Mm -hmm. we should be leading the way with this not mm-hmm. not uh, yeah. looking enviously I, I, at Scandinavia And it's
2: how that transformation is going to happen And I think it has to come from the grassroots People have to Like us, we just have to demand better Yeah and make the make the case for it and it's a bit like the people out on climate strikes you know the kids that have made their voices heard yeah. that's the kind of rallying of the grassroots it that puts it onto the agenda it puts it into the media it's the same with the extinction rebellion yeah. it's put it on the agenda it's put it in the media we have to we have to change and we have to change radically and maybe this is the only way that the people in power actually realize they have no alternative. We're not going to vote them in again yeah, do.
1: Imagine how the brakes would be off in terms of what we could do as an independent country mm-hmm. if really focused on actually let's make a difference in mm-hmm. our yeah. entire structure. Because if you've mm-hmm. got to build a country from the bottom up, why not build it the way you want it? Yeah,
2: you know, And we're hoping churches. that something like our little podcast here is reaching out to people that we could never even imagine talking to ourselves. And we're, I we're don't know. I think, think we've got more than a dozen listeners? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. There may be secret listeners out there. And there's tons of them. They've just gone to it react you know when the time comes when we can actually put our mark on that paper and say we're out of here and we're, we're going to change we're going to have to be able to to rely on people who are not just going to sit back and let somebody else do it for them yeah we've talked to it before it's about empowering people this is what why we're doing this people is we want to empower people to to speak up and be active citizens because the The planet can't wait for anything else. Do you know, you're doing
1: this wonderful, impassioned, fantastically inspirational stuff. And what's going through my mind is, oh, think of the podcast episode the day after the (laughs) episode. (laughs) Oh, dear right. there you go that was a real over the back garden fence conversation wasn't it before we go just want to say a little shout out to Renfrew wifey who have been really so supportive in their comments it means a huge amount to us to get that kind of feedback and we're looking forward to uh, trying to meet up with you soon actually maybe do a joint podcast episode that would be cool if anybody wants to get in touch with us probably the easiest way is twitter we're at Clax wifey or facebook we've got a, a facebook page which is women for indie Clackman and shire Look forward to speaking to you again soon. Bye now.